It's time for a new evolution in raising golfers, one that doesn't involve headaches, tears, or heading down the path of unknown. Whether you're trying to introduce children to the game of golf, help them play competitively, or play at a collegiate level, you're in the right place. This show is for any parent, player, or coach who wants to build a better team at home and on the golf course. This is the Raising Golfers Podcast. Hello everyone, I'm your host Travis Hauser. I hope you had a great weekend playing a little bit of fall golf with your family. I know I enjoyed my time playing golf with my family this last weekend and you have to take it in because the winter is coming and there's only so much more time that we can enjoy this beautiful weather and nice golf. Today is the first of many of parent stories shared here on the Raising Golfers podcast and today's episode is with Miguel Perez and we're going to talk about his 10-year-old golfer Zevi Perez who has already won over 300 junior golf tournaments. I did not stutter 300 junior golf tournaments. You hit a real good point there because when we used to go to tournament I was kind of naive I didn't really know too much about it so I didn't put a lot of pressure like the other parents were putting mm-hmm. on their kids. And at the same time, I was trying to learn and grabs everything I could. I was not as hard. So I think me being hands off and not uh, being so much, basically uh, expecting so much from him helped him a lot, I believe. Zevi started playing golf at the age of one when he was watching his father learn the game himself in their garage while his dad was hitting a one iron. Today, Miguel's gonna share his parenting experience and stories about Zevi growing up in the game of golf and talk about the traits of his young golfer and how it's led to the success he's already had. Zevi's been featured on a number of news channels and articles, including the Today Show and most recently on the Kelly Clarkson Show. This is going to be a great episode talking about real stories that I think we can all relate to and there'll be a lot for us to take away. I hope you enjoy it. All right, Miguel, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me, sir. I really appreciate it. Of course, yeah, I'm excited for for this chat today because, you know, I know your son, Sevi, he's he's already has a lot of achievements at such a young age. And I've already watched some of the televised episodes on the news channels about him. And oh, wow. I know that and I know he's got already over 300 wins in his already short golf career. So <laughs> yes. Yeah, we are so amazed. It's, it's, we are in shock right now. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> What's great about the conversation today is that this podcast has been focused primarily on helping parents, but also players and golfers. And, you know, the premise for this podcast was just to help guide all of us through this process of amateur golf. And, you know, this idea came to me because I personally feel that parental influence is overlooked. And I think it's something that's so important in the development of not just golfers, but also just sports players. And I know that you guys have had a huge influence on your son. So I'm excited to have this this chat and dive deeper into your guys' journey. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having us here. Cool. So Miguel, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and where golf began for you? Um. I'm Miguel. My name's Miguel, and I'm originally from Puerto Rico. And golf was never something that I thought about playing. I've always been a baseball player. Everybody in Puerto Rico is a baseball player and some basketball. And how golf, how I started getting interested in golf is I served in the military for 33 years. Wow. And at the end of the career, Most of the guys get together and we can see each other around the military installation by playing golf. And everybody played golf except for me. So I decided right before I retired to take the game of golf. I'm basically just as a way to continue my relationship with peers from the military. Oh, that's awesome. And did you enjoy golf from the get go? Um, no, because it was kind of, it was, it was the hardest thing I ever done in my life. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that the more, the more you do it and the more you struggle with it, it just challenges you. And, and I just continue and continue and continue being an army ranger. I was an army ranger. Uh, you never quit. So the game used to um, give me a beating and I try to get back at it and, I ended up spending a lot of time in the range or in the golf course trying to get better. 
Well, yeah, I mean, golf is certainly one of the sports that tests all parts <laughs> of our mental and physical abilities, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, yeah, most definitely. So, so you began as you started retiring from the from the military, just because everybody else was playing golf, right? And you got your young son at this point at this time, right? Um, yes. Um, matter of fact, that happened in 2010. I was I was stationed in Okinawa. I was in Japan, and Japan is huge. I mean, golf is huge in Japan. Um, right. So at that same year, Sevi was born. What happened was that my at the same time my wife was struck with cancer. Oh no! Sorry to hear that. And, yes, and so my wife found out that she had cancer and that she was pregnant at the same time. Oh my gosh! Um, and all my daughters were already in in high school. Um, and Sevi was Sevi's the youngest by fifteen years. <laughs> okay. So so. Um, since since I was trying to learn the game, I spent a lot of time taking newborn Savvy with me to the golf range, and I spent a lot of time watching the golf fix. Right. I'm um, on the golf channel. Yeah, it's great. And so this was the first um, exposure that um, Savvy had to golf. All right. So he was out there just watching you hit balls and you guys would just sit in front of the TV while you're trying to learn the game of golf. Right. And he's just watching TV with you. Right. Yeah. He'll just watch. And and he was, you know, from early on, he was just, he'll sit there and just watch and watch and watch and watch. And I'll take, sometime I'll take the stroller to the range and I, and I hit a couple of balls in this little range they had and, He'll just watch me and just watch me. That's amazing. You know, one thing I always say to people, because I have two young sons. My oldest is only two and a half years old uh, and he plays golf. But people say to me, you know, how did you get your oldest son into golf? And my answer always is, is that he's just kind of fully immersed in the game. So what I mean by that is he watches golf on TV with me, similar to Sevi and yourself. He has little golf magazines. I'm a golf coach, so of course he's been to my work. He's he's seen me coach other kids and other players. I'm a player. He's watched me hit balls. And so his whole world is golf. And so it kind of sounds like your introduction to Sevi and to golf was very similar. He was immersed in the game very early. Yes, and, and, and believe it or not, I, I wasn't the only person doing that. There was other fathers there. And... A lot of my friends had kids either the same age or a little older. And, and at the time, it seemed like it, it was the cool thing to get your kids, get them early into the game of golf. Me, I was the opposite. I couldn't wait till he started walking so I can get him into the game of baseball. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> That's obviously your pastime, isn't it, right? As a, oh, yes, as, yes. As a young kid growing up in Puerto Rico, right? Yes, yes, sir. So, uh, Sevy didn't have no clubs at that time, but he already had gloves, bats, you know, mitts. He had everything ready to go. Right. Um, so, the goal so, was for me. So, then, at what age did he actually start swinging something, whether it was a club or a stick in the house or whatever? I was in the garage um, when Sevy started walking. The first steps he took, I was in the garage with a little net hitting one iron. I only had one iron. I only I didn't buy a set because I know that a lot of time I I spend money on stuff and end up not following through like a sport or something <laughs> or a hobby. We're all so going to do that. So I just bought one club. And the first steps he took, he went straight to that one iron. That's quite the club picked, to start with. Yeah. <laughs> and he picked it up. And he started chasing a ball that was in the ground with the club. And all he could do, he barely could pick it up. He just started, like, pushing the ball. So I'm like, oh, you like golf, you like golf. And he just continued doing that. And that was the first time that Seve showed signs that, that he was interested in, in anything golf-related. Oh, that's cool. So what was the next step for you, for him at that uh, age? The, the other thing that I noticed was that now he didn't want to watch anything else other than Michael Breed and his golf fics. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, so he'll fall asleep with that. And everything was the golf channel. So I didn't pay a lot of attention until we took him to Toys R Us for the first time. And all he wanted was a set of plastic golf clubs. That's, That's it. And he was happy with that. And he was two years old. And he'll go to the backyard every time I take him to the backyard and I'll throw a ball at him 
so he can bat it with his little bat and he'll let it hit the ground and swing like a golf club. <laughs> <laughs> so I was getting very frustrated. No, no, the wrong sport. No, that's not what you do. But he'll run to his golf clubs and the kids, we used to live in a military installation and the kids were doing a little golf camp with the pro at the, and he was only two and a half. So we were told, no, he couldn't do it. The, the earliest age they can take him is five. So he got very sad. So I volunteered to help in the camp so we can put him there. And he was very interested in what they were doing. And he was, so from that point on, then I had to take him to the range almost every day. Oh, that's amazing. So that's cool. So pretty much the only way you could get him into some type of somewhat organized golf at that point was for you to actually get involved, right? Yes, yes. Um, so I, I had to do it. And really, it, it was so I can babysit him. But um, Xavier didn't hit any. He was so into golf. Matter of fact, they had a little nine-hole tournament at the end of the little camp. Mm-hmm. And, Se- and Sevy ended up winning. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so his first, his first golf title was at age two. Yeah, it was not an organized tournament. But yes, he did win it. <laughs> with, with all the kids oh, and his man. first and his first official win in that tournament he played the age group five to eight mm-hmm. xavier won his first tournament organized golf at the age of three and a half that's amazing yeah absolutely amazing i mean i want to touch on his tournament play a little bit later in the conversation okay. but one thing i do want to ask now that you bring this up is how did you decide to enroll him into a golf tournament at three and a half years old um it was there was a movie on tv called the short game Mm -hmm. and and he got so interested in that movie and he'll watch that thing at least 10 times a day and that movie in the short game and the short game then he'll go outside and and those believe it or not those kids in that movie who are now grown up <laughs> almost right. uh, were his idols, those kids, and he'll imitate them. So um, he wanted to do that, but U.S. kids didn't start until age five. Right. So, so somebody let us, a person who was running a local tournament, um, saw him and he went, talked to them. He went, he did all the, he went, talked to them. And my name is Sebi. He's like that. He introduced himself a lot. And they thought he was so cute. So they let us play. I didn't play that day. Um, I didn't want to do it. I thought it was too early. But he was just so adamant and playing and playing and doing competition golf that I said, okay, with, with the agreement that they were going to put somebody older to show him. Mm-hmm. And again, Xavier ended up winning that tournament too. That is mad. I mean, that is <laughs> that is mad. I mean, after after he already had these wins, right? So he had the one that was like unofficial age two, and then here he is three and a half in an organized event. Are you just sitting there scratching your head and thinking, oh my gosh, like maybe he actually really is a golfer, or maybe he's got a lot of potential? Yes, I thought that. Okay, I got it. You know, you know, being a former drill sergeant, his stuff repetition repetition gets you good a lot of repetition so i thought since that's the only thing he do around the house so he's good because i'm pretty sure that the other kids don't do this as much as Sevy do but i didn't think that he was anything special i thought that he just did it more than anybody else and you got to remember that i i was not a golfer right i was i was just starting this as the same time he did so i didn't see anything special i didn't see anything extraordinary but it was other people that came, hey, you got a special kid. You got right. something here. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the parent. You try to make me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think looking back onto, you know, what's happened since he was two until he's 10, he's now 10, right? Yes. Do you think your kind of lack of knowledge in the game at that point early on kind of helped you as far as expectations go and just being a supportive parent for him going through this process? Yes, sir. Uh, you, hit a, you hit a real good point there because when we used to go to a tournament, I was kind of naive. I didn't really know too much about it. So I didn't put a lot of pressure like the other parents were putting mm. on their kids. I was just more like letting them do his thing. <laughs> <laughs> and at the same time, I was trying to learn and, and grabs everything I could, you know, for me to learn. And he... 
Sevi was now the one telling me what to do and what I was doing wrong. So I think that that yeah, you're right. I I, w- I was not as hard since the day he started. He always played with kids. Still to this day, he's playing now in the 12 to 14 year old division. So just being the youngest kid always put a lot of pressure on the other parent, not the kids, believe it or not, just the parent. Mm. So so I think me being hands off and not uh, being so much, basically uh, expecting so much from him, help him a lot, I believe. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a very interesting situation that you guys had there because a lot of kids who get into sports just generally, not all of them, but a big percentage would get into it probably because their father or mother or older sibling already plays the sport. But here you are, Sevi, he's he's playing golf. And the only reason he's playing is because dad just took it up just a few years ago or is just starting the journey himself, right? And it's quite interesting because, you know, you talk about like a team or you see professional golfers, they talk about their team, right? So you've got the coaches, you've got the parents, and you've got the player. And if each of those team members kind of focuses on their role, you'd be surprised how well the the actual athlete flourishes, right? And I talk about this a lot on the podcast, but also just with some of my students and their parents is that... When one of those roles crosses, so maybe let's just say a parent crosses into the coaching role, then you might start to have some conflict or some issues. And I really do believe after hearing what you just said there with your story that I think that was probably a huge benefit to Sevi's progress up to this point. Yes, sir. Um, um, you know how kids always want to outdo their parents. You right. know, it, it, it's, we, Sevi and I have always a lot of friendly competition. I'm the worst bunker player in the world. I could never come out of a bunker. So very early, Xavier didn't need any bunker training. Xavier was, is very good off the bunker because he laughed at me that I cannot and he can do it. So those are the kind of things that he do. He's always, when he see me struggle with something, it seemed like he, he immediately gets himself into that to practice so he can show me that he can do it. And then later on, well, I'll teach you how to do it. Papa, right. they call me Papa. And that's how we do it. When we compete and he goes into a hard shot and I'm like, oh, my God, Sevi, that's because I used to carry him. They don't allow me to carry him anymore at 10 years old. <laughs> right. But um, I'll say, oh, my God, Sevi, uh-uh, there's no way you come. Oh, I can teach. Look, I'll come out of that shot. And then he'll <laughs> do his miracle thing. And, and that's how we go into tournaments. Well, that probably did wonders for his confidence as well, right? <laughs> Where he's like, hey, Dad, look, I can show you how to do it. And... Uh, Miguel, you know, I'll be honest with you. You don't have to worry. I think a lot of people struggle in the bunkers, and you wouldn't you wouldn't <laughs> believe how many bunker lessons I give with my golf coaching. So don't feel bad; it'll come around eventually. And I'm sure Sammy's <laughs> thinking the same thing for you. <laughs> so, I wish. Uh, I'm crossing my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. So at the early age, let's say from age two up until what age were you, quote unquote? you know, coaching Sevi and his golf? Um, matter of fact, I stopped coaching him at the age of five because I already knew that, you know, you know, he was looking at me, well, you, you're trying to tell me what to do, but now I'm kind of spend more time telling you what to do. So <laughs> I, I knew that um, my, what I learned on TV was not good anymore for him. So at that time we got a coach and Mr. Doug stayed working with Sevy until just recently. Okay. Because I just didn't know. I, I could see a swing and, and not know what happened. Was that learning environment with his coach, was it like a one-on-one setting or was he also joining some kind of kid group programs? No, no. It was always one-on-one with Mr. Doug. Mr. Doug had groups like that and stuff, but um, he, Sevy was like, he said, this is a special talent. He told me from the beginning, and I want to just take him in a different. I got to teach him things that I don't teach. He don't. Him and Xavier didn't spend time learning the grip or learning the stance or nothing. It was a lot of course management, and they used to go out. Doug used to take him out and and do stuff like that that he don't usually do with his other students. Right. Okay. So that's that's quite interesting. So uh, outside of his lessons, how much time was he spending with other kids playing golf? With other kids, um, he didn't do a lot of, uh, because most, Xavier's homeschool, and because Xavier wants to always be in the golf course. So we had to figure out a way that he can go out and play and and then come home and do his schoolwork. Um, we tried several programs, and 
we finally got one that was a little bit more gave him a, a little bit more leeway. Hmm. Um, so, um, but he didn't get to play with other kids because the other kids were in school, of course. So he played with adults. Xavier started playing with adults, and by the age of seven, he was playing high school golf because that's how he he played with um, older boys. Wow, that's that's quite interesting. But I'm sure he looked up to those older boys, and you know he could obviously see they're bigger and they're stronger than he was. And I'm sure he admired how far they could hit the ball. And yes. there's probably things he picked up, and he's thinking, "Well, I want to do that when I get bigger." And um, I think it's so important for kids to have that type of relatable role model—not just a role model they see on TV, but actually somebody they just see in person. And I think having another kid or an older kid or a peer is is really important to have. Yeah, see, he, 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 when you, Xavier is a, a kind of unique kid because when Xavier had watched every golf movie, um, the greatest game ever played, the Bobby Jones story, um, he, Vagabans, he watched. So those old movies, they really show a lot of the gentleman aspect of the game. You know, they show etiquette, you know, they show that you don't cheat and and everything, because, you know, most of the movies were, um, they trying to go back way, way back in time. Xavier, to him, that's being a golfer. Mm-hmm. So he's like that. So when when you meet Xavier, he takes his head off immediately. It doesn't matter where he's at, he takes his head, he shakes your hand, look in your eye, and that's how he acts. So we get a lot of compliments. Wow, y'all done a great job with your boy, but that's the way he is. Mm. His sisters are not like that. And, and so um, that's Xavier. So when he play with elders or he play with kids 12 years old, he treat them like they are adults and with the utmost respect. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, I think yeah. it goes back to immersing him into this whole world of golf because, you know, that is what he thinks the world is, right? So yes, he sees yes. these movies, he sees how they act. And he just puts that into practice into his daily life. And now he's turned into this, not only a great golfer, but just a great human because of it. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So Xavier's like right now, I know that there's other great kids golfers. We know. But Xavier, he did the Today Show. We just did Kelly Clarkson show. We did um, Steve Harvey show. And the reason it is not so much about his golf. It's about his personality. And the way he carried himself, the way he speaks, the way it's its just something to see. And everybody knows Xavier because of his golf. But when you get to meet him, you say, wow, it's not about golf anymore. It's about the kid that he's growing up to be and the kid that he is. Mm. No, that's <laughs> I mean, that's that's amazing because. You know, we, we talk about golf and obviously, you know, we hope the best for all of our children and we don't know what the future holds. However, one thing that we can kind of help guide kids through is to try to become good human beings, right? Yeah, and, sure. And I think personally for me, I would say that that is the ultimate goal because there's a lot of things that golf teaches outside just the game of golf. And the yes. examples you just shared there are just a case in point. And I think it's just so important for everybody to hear that because, you know, we don't know what our kids, what profession they're going to get into. Are they going to play professional golf? Are they going to get into the tech industry? Are they going to join the military? We don't know. But one thing that we can kind of help do along the way, or for sure help along the way, is to groom them into good human beings. And that's one reason I love the game of golf. Yes, I, I don't think he would have been like that if he would have took my papa won at baseball. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, you know, it, it, it's certainly a different sport. I mean, I was a baseball player growing up, and I certainly love the sport as well. But I would agree that in that aspect, it may not be exactly the same, right? Because you don't necessarily see the the camaraderie of after the match, you take off your hat, you shake hands. It's it's just a completely different sport and element, isn't it? Even the way he dresses. Xavier spends so much time making sure that his clothes all got to be a certain way. It's just everything. It, it's When he goes out, it's the, it's the whole thing. <laughs> mm. he's not leaving so, anything behind is he no no nothing it's just it's just so different <laughs> you know once he starts getting serious about the game of golf around i guess we can say age five or seven somewhere between that range what did a day in the life of you as parents and zevi look like our day basically is getting up at six in the morning before in the summer let's say before it gets too hot 
being in the golf course by seven in the morning, playing 18 holes, or if he had a lesson practice um, with his coach, is do the lesson first and then go play 18 holes. Come back home, let him relax, let him do other things that, that he wanted to do. Because Xavier got other interests, not as much as Scott, but he does got other things that he likes to do. And then at four o'clock, he sits in the computer and his mother is his teacher. It's his, what's what they call an educational coach. And he gets to um, do all the work from school that day and homework that he needs to do. He goes to sleep and we do that over. And, and a lot of times we try to tell him, OK, Xavier, we take him. Out. We'll take a break from golf. But we have a simulator in the house, so a lot of time he'll come in and sneak some golf in the simulator because <laughs> it's, it's very hard to get him. Uh, like, for example, um, during the holidays, we stopped. We tried to stop golf in November and give him like a two-month break, November and December, zero golf. But it's so hard because either he'll sneak golf in the simulator or he goes to the backyard hmm. and and try to hit balls into the neighbor's yard. <laughs> but, you know, but that's that's what Xavier, um, that's our life now. Um, luckily, um, I retired from the military and I can do that with him, um, unlike other parents who have to go to work and, and count on the kids being in school all day and only get golf during the weekend. Right. Uh, so that's uh, since, you know, we're at an advanced age already. I mean, he's, we we can't do that, and I think that's one of the blessings that we can give him 110 percent full support on this journey that he has taken. Yeah, well, that's that's certainly a special case, and I think that's obviously great for you as well as parents because you can watch him go through this journey, and you have the time to to be able to do these things because you know, like you said, other parents are working and. Uh, it might make that schedule a little bit more difficult for others. So that's great. What are some of his other interests, and does he play any other sports? Um, yes, he likes to play basketball. So he goes to the back and plays um, basketball. He likes to throw football with a couple of his friends. But he don't want to do anything organized other than golf. Then he, he does a lot of – he watches these uh, Marvel movies and stuff, and he likes to – he likes a lot of acting. He likes to act and imitate parts of movies and stuff like that. So he's always dressing the part and, and playing the part. So he always, I want this costume and I want that and I want to do this and that. And that helps him a lot every time he has a tournament and he got to say a speech or something. <laughs> he don't want to put the right. microphone down. <laughs> so he, but he, he likes he he likes to go. He he goes. He takes swimming lessons once a week. We don't do it now because of COVID. But he used to go every week and take swimming lessons. He used to go out. Had a personal trainer that he used to go and work on fitness. Um, and he used to love to do those things. And we used to like for him to do that because it takes him out of golf. Because he's mm-hmm. so emerging golf that sometimes we worry that he's gonna that he's gonna get hurt. And except you don't complain about anything, so we sometimes afraid that he might be hurting or doing or, or doing something that's gonna hurt, and and we don't know about it because he's not gonna complain about it. So how did you learn about all those types of things? Like knowing that if you know if you just play golf all the time, you know you're more prone to injuries. And you know what type of learning curve have you and your wife gone through during this whole process? I used to be a professional bodybuilder, so and I was in the army as an army ranger. We had to stay in top shape, and I know that doing some of the things that he's doing, swinging the club and doing this same motion so repetitively, you know, sometimes he swings. Xavier swings very hard. Xavier's ten years old, but Xavier is is a little bit bigger than the average kid because of his Pacific Islander heritage. So Xavier right now at this age can drive a ball 230 yards. But Xavier, but Xavier swings so hard sometimes that we get scared that he's going to hurt something. And I've seen these golfers on the PGA, you know, with back problems and, and all these type of problems. And I'm going through some of those right now. So we always got to be very careful. And as soon as we see that he's either limping a little bit or he's, you know, rubbing something, we immediately stop him. But it's so hard to stop him from swinging golf clubs. 
it's almost by by fate that you were you know a bodybuilder and you were in the military that you could learn these things right and then of course watching golf on tv and just seeing from experience from some of these guys you know you got tiger who went through injuries you got brooks kepka who's going through injuries now that you started to educate yourself even more or at least know that there are these potential issues that could come up so that's why you want him to do other things and other activities right Yes, and that's why we gave him that break. Um, we call it the Christmas break, but it really starts in November all the way to January. We try to, to put the golf clubs away and no golf because he's, like right now, for example, he's 10 years old. When he, he Sevilla had played all the way with kids 15 years old in tournament, and they walk faster than him because they're bigger than him. But he carries the bag, and he just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going, but he don't complain. It's not until later that he said, oh, my feet hurt. But during the game, he's not going to complain. Mm. So a lot of time, you know, got to be careful of how much he's pushing himself. But he's a big kid. Right. But a lot of time, we got to watch that it, it, he don't, because if you let him, he'll just continue and continue and continue and continue going. That's kind of the nature of kids, especially ones who have a strong interest in something like, like Sevy does for golf. Yes, uh, in, in his drive to win. His drive to win is just coming in second to him. It's just, what? Run up. <laughs> <laughs> he don't like run up. That's why he always <laughs> Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It, there's a there's a famous quote from a, a, a funny movie. It's called Talladega Nights. And he said, if you ain't first, you're last. Yeah, yeah. That's, and he don't have. Uh, I think Xavier, out of the, all those wins, he might have about six or seven run ups. And he don't have probably about one third and no fourth, no fifth. But that's his fear. His fear is run up. Mm. <laughs> he don't like run ups. Right. So at what age was it that he realized that he can't always win and that there are going to be those times that he's going to be runner up? About five years old. He went and uh, he was at the time he was playing U.S. kids and, and U.S. kids. The first age group is five and six. He's five years old, and they brought a six-year-old boy who's real good, real good boy, you know, places top five in the junior worlds and everything. Xavier was not good in the short game. Xavier can outdrive the boy and do a bunch of things with his arms, but the boy was a better putter, and he used to beat Xavier always by one or two strokes. They played like six matches. In the first three or four matches, the boy won, and the first match was so hard for him. When they say second place, Sebi Perez, he goes, what? I'm running up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you run up. You got to be a gentleman about it, and you're going to go shake his hand and tell him good match. But he did that about four times until he just emerged himself into getting better, and then he ended up beating the boy in the, in the state championship, and and every other thing they play. But we had to teach him that. And still to this day, we teach him that this is golf. You're not going to win every time. And the older you get, you're not going to win every time. What does he say to that? He just brushes it off. <laughs> he just brushes it off and like, oh, well, I'm going to win if I can win. You know, but he always, he's got this little knack for comebacks. A lot of time, he's not even on the, the last day. He's not even on the last group but he always come back and he wins every playoff that he's in matter of fact the uh he just played the georgia state championship in the 12 to 14 year old division and he was leading by three strokes and these are the top this by invitation the top 25 players in that age group in georgia and he went and was leading by three strokes on day one he lost his lead i can't coach him he's on his own and he kind of come to me and say Oh, man, you know, I'm a little tired and stuff like that, but I'm going to have to play better now and get my lead back. He ended up winning by three strokes, <laughs> you know. Wow. He immediately got the lead back because when he says, oh, I got to play better, he's just got this little switch that he can play better. Wow. So he does so, love the comeback, doesn't he? Yeah, he loves to play. Um, every time there's a playoff, it's, who's, on, who's going on the playoff, Sevi Perez, he's just... Oh, my God, a playoff. Yes, a playoff. This is what he dreams about, a playoff. I'm going on a playoff like the pros. And I, I don't think he have lost a playoff. He's been into about six playoffs. He always wins them That's in the wild. first hole. He never passed the first hole. <laughs> wow. So I also uh, I also read that he has 
a really long winning streak, or he had a long winning streak at one point in his, yes. his golfing career. How long was that winning streak that he had? How many wins in a row did he have? Um, it was about 39 or 40. Wow. And believe it or not, Xavier was five years old. It took an 11-year-old boy to beat him. And he had beaten the boy many times. But that day, that every, I, I, and we tell Xavier, in golf, this is what's so good about this game, that any day anybody can win. We love that. Any day anybody can win. And that boy came that day and beat him, and he didn't know how to act. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a learning experience for him that day. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. I mean, what is it that you guys talk about at home? Because he's already achieved so much. He's already won so many times. He had a 39-40 uh, win streak, which is just unheard of in any sport, really, especially for the game of golf. But how do you help him keep his growth mindset so that he doesn't, you know, stop where he's at and just think, okay, I am already the best and I'm going to continue to be the best because I am Zevi. So is there any conversations you have or the things that he says that you think will help continue to have him, you know, work to becoming even better in the game of golf and progressing? The truth is that we don't really have to tell him anything. And I'm, and I'm going to tell you why. We are just middle class folks. We don't get to play out the big tournaments because a lot of time we just don't have the means or the, or, you know, or the finances to do it. So he don't get to play every tournament that he wants to really play. Um, we got to pick tournaments we got to do we got to do these things very carefully because his mom um, is not employed right now you know she spends all the time making sure that that he's taken care of and and myself with everything else and we live basically out of my retirement military retirement so he always think about that and he's very humble, and he always said, don't worry, because one day when I reach this goal right here, we're going to do better. He always said that, and we like, no, Seb, you don't have to. When you grow, it's you, and that's what you do with your career and you do with your finances. That's going to be yours. We, we, we're going to still live in the same house, and, we, and it's enough with my retirement. But he always said, no, I'm going to do better, and I'm going to play, and I'm going to win. And I'm going to do this because one day we all are going to do better. And he always got that. He always tells us that. Wow. I mean, how, <laughs> how does a kid say that at such a young age? When, when, when did he start saying this? In this game, you get to go to the most beautiful golf courses, especially, at, you know, because he wins so much and he gets invited to all this. You know, Xavier had played in Pebble Beach. He played all four courses. We got invited, played alongside Jerry Rice, Lawrence Taylor, and, and they take us to these places. And he'll sit there and he'll look around. And they say, one day when I'm a PGA player, one day when I win the Masters one day, we're going to live in a house like this. One day. Everything is one day. And the more he goes to those places, and you see, it seems like everything gets refreshed and everything gets re-energized and he just plays better golf. Wow. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what to say to that. I mean, that's, I mean, that's just such a humbling situation and story from from Zevi, and just he already has that mindset. And you guys, I mean, have obviously done such a great job raising him that he's been able to have such a great mindset and outlook on life. And he sees that golf is something that he loves, but he also sees it as the future for him, and not only for him, but his whole family, including his parents. And even though when he goes, we go around and sometimes we go to places in the neighborhood and he sees poverty, he sees, he'll sit there and he look and he says, you know what, one day I'm going to make sure that I'm going to do this for these people. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to make sure that, and every time he says something like that, it's just, it's just, he just focus more on the main goal at the end. And he's been saying he's going to play the Masters since he was two years old. And it never dies. It's just, that's what I'm going to do. And now he's talking about what age he wants to do it. <laughs> you know, but, but that's how he goes about not losing focus on the ultimate goal. And hopefully we are, you know, we are, we are older. I'm almost 60 years old. I'm just, hopefully I can be alive just to see it. That's what I was telling Oh, I'm sure you will be. I mean, the way he's going, <laughs> he's going to get there sooner than most, you know? Yes. Yeah. You know, he, you've obviously mentioned what some of his long-term goals are, but what are some of his short-term goals that he's got related to golf over the next year or two? Every year they have 
different age groups, and then you got like your ultimate golf champion, usually a kid about 18, 19 years old. Mm. He's right now on the path of doing that, so he wanted to uh, win that at a very young age. He wanted to play AJGA golf and SJGT golf, Mm -hmm. but they didn't let him play because you start at 12. Right. The SJGT just gave him gave him a two-year exemption where he can go and play now. So he'll play his first tournament on the fourth and fifth. That was a goal that he, he wanted to do so bad. And now he don't have to wait two more years. <laughs> <laughs> um, but everything, all his goals are just golf related he wants to do that tournament and this tournament to him everything is golf 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 so right he always talks about i gotta maintain good grades because if i don't maintain good grades i'm not gonna i might be accepted to a division level one school but if my grades are not good i ain't going nowhere it's he's certainly right isn't he yeah so he's uh and i explained that to him that you know you might have this golf talent but if you don't work hard on your grades you're not going to go to any college. And so he he spends it and makes sure that he's always studying and makes sure that he keeps um, his grades. At, uh, that's always one. One of his goals is that every year that I finish in the AB on roll, stuff like that. But most of his goals are golf related. No, that's great. No, I mean, I interviewed a friend of mine. He's a college golf coach, and he talked about the importance of, of grades and how sometimes that can be overlooked because of talent. So uh, I'm glad you've already, you know, you've already had those conversations with Sevi and he already knows it very, very well. So I'm glad he's still working on his education. Yeah. Yeah. His coach, his coach, Chip Deason, is played golf for the University of Alabama. Oh, wow. And so he's always, Sevi, your grades, Sevi, your grades, Sevi, your grades. Because... (laughs) You know, so when you guys go to tournaments now, what is you and your wife's role for helping in Seve and <laughs> in tournaments? What are you guys doing? Cheering, uh, getting him drinks between holes. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, following him, and he called his mom my love coach. He said, <laughs> he said that because I used to be his caddy, but I don't caddy anymore. He got to carry his own bag, and he got to do it all on his own. So now I'm the cheering coach and making sure that, you know, and sometimes I try to, I keep the scorecard in case he may, may have a question or something. I'm, I'm keeping it and I do that, but we have little interaction other than between holes, get him some water, get him some Gatorade and, and cheering his mother always. We basically, what do you call those NASCAR pits? Yeah, you know, you between holes, the mother mm-hmm. comes with the towel and wipe his face and I give him something to drink real quick and then he goes to the next hole. That's, <laughs> that's, our, that's all the interaction we got now with him. Well, I mean, I, I certainly <laughs> would say that that's probably the best thing and probably the most support you could actually give your kid because, you know, you've been out there, you've you've been to so many tournaments, and I'm sure you've seen some great parents and parenting on the course, but you've probably also seen some of the opposite happen where things oh you might God. cringe at, right? And so recently, I actually read an article about Tiger caddying for his son, and you might have read the same thing, but his son, Charlie, is already quite a good player. And another coach that played in the same group talked about the experience he had. And he was just so humbled about how Tiger was just completely stepping back from the situation. And Tiger was just carrying his clubs. And, you know, his son would say, "Okay, it's 100 yards. Yeah, you know, I'll take seven iron or whatever. And Tiger would just give him the club. And that was pretty much all they talked about when it came to golf. Other than that, it was just chit chat. And, you know, they're having fun out there. It's great. I've seen some parents do completely the opposite. Yeah, exactly. And so it sounds like you guys, I like that quote, you, know, you guys like the pit stop. And I think yeah. <laughs> having the pit stop role is is probably the most supportive thing you can do for your kid on the golf course, isn't it? Looking back on your whole experience of Zevi's 10 years up to this point, would you have done it any differently? No. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Um, because I was always gone deploy either to Iraq, to Afghanistan with my three daughters. So you miss out on a lot of things. It's, it's so hard that I was absent for probably most of their important days. But with Sevi and all this, I can give it my full support. I can do what he wants to do. And we live in Georgia. There's golf courses everywhere. So we everywhere we go, there's a golf course. 
the people are so nice. Uh, there's a lot of support here with golf in Augusta. And I think we came to the right place. I think that he picked the right sport, that he can stay playing this forever. Even if he don't play professional, he can play forever. And that I was part of it. His mom is part of it. We can all enjoy this as a family. Not every sport you can enjoy it as a family. We go out sometime and we play with him the best we can. Um, we couldn't do that in any other sport. So I think it was a blessing that I got involved in golf at the right time. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, <laughs> we both love the game of golf now. And you grew up in the sport of baseball. So did I. But again, we've talked about this already. But what golf offers is just, I think it's just so beneficial for not just kids, but for families. And, you know, you hit the nail on the head that you, your wife, your son, you guys can all play golf together, whether he plays professionally or not. It's something he can do for the rest of his life. And it's something that you all can do together for the rest of your lives. Yes, I love it. <laughs> so let me ask you this, Miguel, because you and your wife have had a lot of parenting experience and you've had a lot in the game of golf for these 10 years that Zevi has been playing golf. What words of inspiration would you have for other parents who are raising golfers? The words of inspiration. The game of golf is inspiring itself. And there's a lot of good and there's a lot of great times that come from the game of golf until you make it ugly. What I say is don't try to force any sport on your kid. If that's not his calling, that's not his calling. Um, let him pick whatever that he wants to do. And then as parents, you just support him um, 100% and then some. Don't try to put your dreams, your personal dream on your kids because your kids are not you. And I see that a lot and I sometimes I cringe and sometimes I even want to cry when I see um, some of the stuff that goes up in the golf course and the pressures that some of these kids go through and parents put on their kids. The other thing is Xavier loves Tiger Woods, but Xavier cannot use the same ball as Tiger Woods. <laughs> Xavier cannot use the same ball as Justin Thomas. So sometimes parents go out and give the kids something that they can handle, i.e. clubs. I see a lot of kids with full-grown adult clubs because that's what this PGA Pro uses or that PGA Pro uses. And a lot of time you end up hurting your kids and your kids don't have the swing speed to hit that ball. Xavier always play with a ball. I'm not going to mention names, but Xavier play with a ball that is not known in the PGA, but that's the best ball for him. Right. <laughs> and, it, it, you know, it's, it's soft and he can hit it a mile, and but Xavier cannot hit a Pro V1X because Xavier don't have the same swing as Ricky Fowler. Those are great points that you touched on, both those things that you mentioned. And it's certainly a realization that I think all parents need to have on both, you know, both elements. And, you know, the equipment thing that you mentioned there is is also something that's very important. And I think it's something that's overlooked very often. And um, I think parents have to go out and educate themselves about the equipment that's out there, right? You know, the weight of the club, the type of the club, the type of the ball, those things are important and they do affect the development of the children. So, you know, I appreciate you sharing that, Miguel. Again, education, and a lot of people don't believe in lessons. Uh, I knew when it was time for me to step out and let a professional do it. And just education, read, 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 and get educated. And, and I think they'll do much better than just try to do it all. Because you are a good golfer doesn't mean your kid is going to be a good golfer with your clubs and the same ball you use and everything. So. Right. No, I totally agree. Well, Miguel, I mean, what a story Sevy's had so far. And with not only just his, his achievements of over 300 golf wins, you know, a winning streak of 39, 40 wins, and just what he's already done, but just his personality and his mindset that he already has is just so inspirational, I think, for everyone. And I would certainly wish you guys all the best of luck. I'm going to be following Sevy. Thank I'm you. going to be seeing how he does over the years. And maybe we'll come back and have another conversation in a few years' time and catch up and see how things are yeah. going at that point. You need to have a conversation with him. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great point. I think that's a great point. I think I think we should have another episode with, with Zevi. Yeah, you'll have a great time with him because he's not afraid to talk and he'll tell you you know how it is and he's he got his jokes here and there he's a very uh <laughs> entertainment kid <laughs> i would love that you know because we've gotten the perspective 
from dad, but maybe we need to see the perspective from Sevi and, and hear what he's got to say. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, that would be great. Well, so Miguel, I really appreciate you taking the time and coming and sharing Sevi's story and your story as a parent and what you and your wife have done so far with raising Sevi. So uh, I can't say thanks enough. And I certainly look forward to just everything that's ahead for you guys. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me in your podcast. It's been a great honor. I think that was a great start to the segment of parent stories. And I think it was such a humbling story that Miguel shared with us about raising his young golfer, Zevi. And some of the things I took away were just the fact that they learned golf together. And when he started tournament play, his father was still quite naive and didn't actually understand all the elements of the game of golf at that point. But looking back on it, it's had such a positive impact on raising Zevi and not putting so much pressure on him and not having so many expectations. So that that was a very important thing that he shared there. And another thing he talked about was there came a point where he couldn't actually coach his son any longer from the things he learned on the Golf Channel watching Michael Breed. So he knew that point when he needed to hand his son over to a professional golf coach. That's actually something that a lot of successful players had in their young career was the parents actually handed the kid over to a coach to start to take their game to the next level. And a great example of that is Roy McIlroy. Roy's dad helped him with the grip, helped him with the follow through, but his dad knew that there was a turning point where he could no longer help him as well as go into a professional. One thing I also liked was that Zevi takes a break every year from November through the end of the year and just steps away from the game of golf. And his father said the reason for that is to maybe help with injury prevention, but also just to kind of give him a restart and refresh his interest in the game of golf. And I think that's just a huge thing for all of us to take away. And it's something that I have reflected on a lot, not only just with myself, but things that I think I'll do with my kids as well. And then at tournaments, they talked about being the pit stop and just being there to support their son. If he needs water, if he needs a towel, give him those things, but they're out there just cheering him on at every single tournament. I think that's a really good rule to have in the game of golf when you're out there watching your kids play junior tournaments. And man, Zevi, I'll tell you what, sounds like he's got quite the positive outlook on life and a great personality. He's got big goals and ambitions, and I think he has a really, really big future ahead of him, and I look forward to following his success through his journey in the game of golf. If you enjoy listening to our podcast and the information you got from this episode, do us a favor and continue to support us by hitting that subscribe button and giving us a five-star review. Your continued support will help us continue to grow and be able to interview some of the most experienced parents, coaches, and players in the golf industry to help you continue to raise your golfer to their full potential.